Welcome to your sophomore year at the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. Together, we learn from past tragedy to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk out of turn, and never raise your hand. Because this is the Tragedy Academy and class in session. I'm Pure Scott. I meant to ask you, mm-hmm. can anyone really do a hair flip? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it can be imaginary. The other day I was doing this, I was like, yes. And someone was like, you don't have any hair. And I was like, in your world, in my world, I've got a very long hair. That's, I see, I love that. I love that. Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and today I am joined by influencer, excuse me, influencer Amir Yas. How you doing today, Amir? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. I I love this. You know, you're a powerful voice for affecting change in society for the LGBTQ community and as well as other divides such as racism and things like that. And I was really excited to have you come on. Thank you. I appreciate you and thank you. I know the academics will be really excited to hear what you have to say. Um, Plus, you have your unfiltered, which makes me super happy. Amir has started... These LGBT, they started out to be LGBTQ panels that were to bridge societal divides in kind of a judgment-free area where people could learn from each other. Can you tell us about those panels and uh, how you came to start them? Absolutely. So I had, I was, I was a publicist for almost 10 years doing social media for a lot of A-list celebrities. And I just was so tired of social media's toxicity. So I deleted all my accounts, Facebook, Instagram, everything. Um, so in 2018, at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, I was like, let me get back on Instagram. So I got on Instagram and then I was like, oh, I should start dating. So I got on Grindr, which is like a gay dating app. And I got this message where someone had told me to kill it's myself. not for sandwiches. <laughs> exactly, not for sandwiches. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yep, yep. Want to make that clear because people get confused. They're like, a pepper grinder? I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Um, not a pepper grinder. <laughs> not a pepper grinder. Um, so someone basically just uh, lots of bullying and um, lots of like, I'm Persian and people were calling me Aladdin and calling me terrorist. And I was like, wait a second, isn't the queer community supposed to be rainbows and hugs? And I realized very early on that, you know, there's a lot of racism, a lot of, um, especially me being feminine. A lot of people would tell me if I was more masculine, that I would be more alluring, blah, blah, blah. So I realized, wait a second, there's something here. Um, can I cuss? Please cuss. Okay, great, great. Um, so I, the first panel I did was fuck grinder, um, and it was very impressive. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, and, and so I did it at the LGBT center, and I had a bunch of great panelists, you know, drag queens, etc. And you know, we sold out. There was like two hundred people showed up. So I realized that there was something in this. And what I didn't know at the time was that the vice president of Grinder also showed up because they were like, "Who is this guy planning a panel that's like against us?" So he realized that there was something there. So we actually put together something called Kinder Grinder, which was all about body positivity, um, like uplifting feminine gay men. It was like, so it was really cool to be able to affect change. And I had always thought that, you know, being, making change was like donating lots of money or like being very visible. Mm, no. And I realized it wasn't. It was just small changes. And and for me, I did, I've done about 10 of them. And, and, and actually at one of them, this guy that had bullied me came to the panel came up to me and said, I'm so inspired by you, not even knowing that he had bullied me. And I was like, wow, this is like so full circle. So that was that was a really crazy moment for me. Isn't that an amazing thing when you can find that affecting change is something that happens through action, not mm-hmm. through 
just idle talk or through donations of money. Donations are great. They should be made because they do help. But in order to affect change, you have to do something in particular that I see you doing. And that is being authentic. And exactly. in order to be accepted amongst anybody, you have to be an authentic person. Because if you don't accept yourself, which is inauthenticity, then you're not going to relate to everybody around you. And Absolutely. having, you know, having the voice that you have in that lack of filter doesn't come without a lot of struggle. I mean, you did mention that you're, um, you know, you're a Persian Muslim man um, living in the U.S., you know, out and living with pride. And mm -hmm. now, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand that uh, the Muslim community, even not here, you're not, you know, overseas, but here in the U.S. can still have the same bias or prejudice that exists, you know, here. So I can I, I kind of want to, I don't want to go too deep into that, but I do want right. to ask what it's like to, because that's a double alienation. That's, yeah. that's being, you know, that's, that's being LGBTQ and being alienated amongst your culture as well. Absolutely. I mean, listen, I, I just quickly wanted to address something we were talking about before. When it comes to all of this stuff, a lot of people think that speaking about these issues is very easy. So I've lost countless brand deals very, I've lost thousands of dollars because they've said, I don't like what you talk about. Adjust it. Don't talk about white privilege. That's not a real thing. I've had a lot of brands talk to me about stuff like that, but I always put my money where my mouth is and I will lose money to continue to be open. And I am one of few queer Muslims that are very open online and I'm not going to be silent. So that's something that's really important to me. And that actually factors into even my religion and sexuality. I believe these things are mutually exclusive, but for a lot of people, especially the gay community has their relationship with religion and then Muslims have their relationship with gay men. So it's like, nobody wants me to do that. Like the gays don't want me to have a relationship with God. And then Muslims don't want me to have the privilege of having a relationship with God. But my relationship with God is very personal. I've never once told someone to be gay. I've never once told someone not to be Muslim. I've never been ever intrusive in that way. Mm. I've just been living open and honestly. And the reason I'm so aggressive and, you know, I had an aunt that was like, oh, you know, I saw your Instagram and I cried for a whole day because you were wearing a dress. Okay, whatever. <laughs> well, it's not for sorry, you. It's not funny because there's so it is many. Funny. It, it is, but it isn't at the same time. And I think that comes with... With experience and age comes wisdom. And when you can see the the, the holes behind <laughs> that kind of statement, you know that it's first it's bullshit and then it's sadness because you know that exactly. there's something in the root of that that is really dark that hurts them. A reason exactly. they she wants to wear jeans. Right. And right. she doesn't get to. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. or, that's uh -huh. something there's always some weird backdoor reason that someone has these biases and prejudices and things like that. There's something in there. There's a trigger. And I think uh, you had mentioned in your, uh, in your interview submission that you've ran into a lot of, or you had discovered when doing these panels and working with all these different um, races and backgrounds that you yourself had to toe the line with regard to your own emotions and internal triggers for personal demons and things like that. What is that like when you're trying to navigate? Because people don't understand when you put yourself out there in a manner to help affect change, you have to be okay with yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You do. And you, you have to stop trying to be liked. I mean, I tell this to my mm -hmm. students, you know, I, I teach confidence coaching and 
the problem that people struggle with, the reason I'm confident and I work at it is that I've stopped caring whether I'm liked or not. Being liked is not ever going to make change, right? I have to push people to see a different way. I have to push people. When I posted a picture of me naked and people said, oh, I'm so happy to come across imperfect bodies online. Who said my body's not Yo, perfect? Hey, you did. Why you got to throw you that did. M in front of perfect? That's exactly. not cool. Yeah, you did that. I didn't do that. I think taking up space is really important to stop and say, I'm taking up space and I don't care if people try to minimize me. I've been in meetings with Hulu, big companies pitching, whatever, and the executives will say, oh, can you get our coffee? People will continue to minimize you, continue to give, push into your imposter syndrome. But what you have to do is push back. When I post something in a wig and a dress and a makeup, I don't dress like that normally. I'm trying to push the envelope. No, I know what I'm doing. Work. Exactly. I like to that. be simple. Yeah, <laughs> I like to be simple. I'm not trying to wear a dress every day. But what people don't understand, I do that because I'm trying to push the envelope. When people say things like, I cried because I saw your picture, it's a man in a dress. And also remember, when Harry Styles does it or Kid Cudi does it, straight men, we celebrate the avant-garde of that, right? But when a gay man does it, that's disgusting. That's not okay. Remember that there is a double standard. I had a friend that used to, that had liked me to this a long time back. We had, somebody had said, you know, back in like the 90s and stuff, it would be like, oh, if you wear a dress, that means you're gay, right? That was the insult. Yep, yep. And when you really think about this at its core, no matter what you have on, no matter what you do, no matter how you act, I don't even care if you go down on a dude. You're still mm -hmm. only gay if you're gay. Exactly. Like, that's the well only said. qualifier. <laughs> like, well said. And you have to decide that. You know, a lot of people love to label. I was labeled my entire life. No offense. I knew it was coming. But are you gay? And I wasn't ready to accept my sexuality. So pushing people out of the closet is also very millennial boomers. The Gen Z, I see it on TikTok. They don't push each other to come out. They don't push each other to say what they are. They just are. And I think that we need to stop being human. I, I say this all the time. Stop being a human doing and be a human being. A lot of us want, go, go, go. What are you? Who are you? Where are you going? Why do you care? Like, I had so many people be like, I can't believe you haven't had sex. You're in your 20s. I don't understand. Well, why don't you stay on your side of the street and I'll stay on mine? Why do you need to, like, get involved in each other's business? Like, it's just, it, it gets frustrating. But again, I have chosen this public platform. And a lot of people think, because I have a blue check mark or I'm followed by so-and-so, that I don't have feelings. I see all of your messages. I see you telling me to kill yourself. And then I go to your profile and it says, good vibes only. Jesus Christ is my Lord <laughs> and Savior. I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> it's I'm like, you just told me to kill myself, Jesus. Okay, what is happening? So, so I see it. I, I get that. I do get yep. that. I grew up in a very rural, backwards type of environment that was not open for, you know, for most, most orientations outside yep. of, yep. you know, the, the uh, sterile white hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I get it. Listen, and, I get it. Yeah, and and I've seen that, and there's there's a lot of sadness that's wrapped up in that um, because it's ignorance. It's just pure ignorance. Sure. And then you have on top of that, I mean, when your societal structure, the cage that you operate, or then the reality that you've accepted is yours, or that was given to you by your parents, or whatever it might be, when that's given to you, and you're forced to fight against your own authenticity, because let's face it, there are a lot more gay or trans or lesbian or whatever term you want to use than we ever admitted to 
over the yeah. last, you know, millennia. It, Absolutely. It's just, it's, I mean, you can see it's like a collective sigh of relief going mm -hmm. on right now. And I think, you know, right. that's all predicated on a lot of things that we could discuss on a whole different show. I think sure, that that's, sure. uh, that's, that's, and you make a good point. You know, I, I was talking to my friend about this because her son's autistic and a lot of people were saying, oh my God, every kid's autistic now. Every kid is gay. It's not. The fact is that people are now diagnosing autism correctly. If people are feeling comfortable to come out, I knew who I was, but I could not come out because I didn't feel safe, right? I saw the kid in my high school who came out, who was bullied, who was made fun of, who, who gay men pretended to be gay around like gay baiting, all the stuff they do on TikTok as a joke. We are still the butts of the joke. If you go, I do stand-up comedy in LA. When I go to do shows, um, anal jokes, making fun of gay people is still very funny to a lot of people. So our sexuality and our orientation is still the butt of the joke. So until we shift that, we're going to continue to have bullying. People are so shocked when I talk about bullying and the, oh no, this must be overseas. Mm, no, it's in America. You need to accept Absolutely that Americans America. have work to do. You know that? I think that's the biggest thing that I want people to walk away when they go to my profile is that America is not perfect. We have, I love this country. I'm a citizen. I was born here, but I also understand what needs to be done. And I think what needs to be done is protecting people and not saying, oh, well, this trans people person got beat up. Oh, because they didn't reveal they were trans. Stop the butt. If someone is being beat up for their sexuality or their orientation or who they are, that there's no but. There is no, there is no but. It, it, it should end at that. I agree with yeah, you 100%. Exactly. But one of the things exactly. that I admire about the LGBTQ community, LGBTQ+, plus, um, I don't, there's a lot of terms, and I screw it up all the time. You did good. You all did right. good. The plus is fine. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that I admire about this community or, or you know, your community is that you take back the power because you mentioned these things that being the butt of jokes and being, you know, all of these types of things. But the one thing that I've seen that stands out in the LGBTQ community is that one of the letters in LGBTQ was a damn insult for the mm -hmm. longest time. And now yep. it is a proudly stated specification, right? Yes, it is. It's yes, proudly it is. stated. We take it back. Your, we take it back. Your last name was broken down into one of the biggest queen names out there. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yep. Right? But that yep. was also a slur. That was mm -hmm. also something used to degradate, you know, the, the gay community or somebody that was supposedly hiding but talented. Everybody mm -hmm. doesn't see... People, those insults are, again, they're predicated in what I just said earlier. They're, right. they're predicated in that. Always. Sure. sure. Yes, we need to affect change with regard to how we interact with each other, communicate, understand, empathize, all those types of things. One thing that I think we should also advocate for, and I'm sure that you do because that's what these panels do, is for the mental health and wellness of those individuals that have been held back internally by their own demons, by societal demons, and everything in between. Not demons. Structures. Well, it's not a it demon. Is, I because mean, it is. Yeah. It's like, it's, system, it's systemic. And right. I always tell people, if I didn't have the queerness and the Muslim and the Persian, I would have been a megastar. Because what I've accomplished with all of the bullshit that I have to deal with, I would have been A-list, A-list, A-list. Can, can I laugh for a minute? Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. You think you're not a megastar. <laughs> I mean, I'm on my way. No, no, but, no, no, you know. no, 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 no. That's bullshit. Because here's the thing. That's, that's a house. That's a place. That's those things. 
But yeah. in order for you to step out from behind that veil that has been put over you, you have to believe yes. you are a megastar. Because if you I don't, believe that. I do nobody believe that. else I do will believe, believe you. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to put that out there. You're right. You're no right. You're right. I, I agree. I agree with that. I, I've been, you know, listen, I, I, what I, the reason I say that is because I get a lot of DMs from people that are like, I can't move up. I can't get promoted. And there is a level of like, I have a fuck you energy. I don't need you to pay my bills. I always say, if you're not making me come or paying my bills, I have no <laughs> bother with you. But that's the energy that I have. And not a lot of people have that, right? So I, the reason I say that is because I want people to realize that with all of these roadblocks, as queer people, we are resilient. Like we can rise above. I, I went to a conference where the guy went up and said the N word, the R word, the, the F word for gay people. And he said, these are just words that are holding. I, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've been, out oh, of yeah. the, I've been out of the loop for a while. What, the R word? What is that? Oh, like, like, for, <laughs> like, for, for, for like mentally disabled. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I just don't want to say it. Yeah, no, don't yeah. say it. But it, it just completely <laughs> went by me. I'm like, what the hell is the R word? I, You're I like, a, what is that? I had uh -oh. a guest the other day say something that's semi-related. Instead of saying F word. Bomb, they said fuck bomb and i've never heard oh, somebody say fuck bomb before i've never like, heard fuck bomb i was like that doesn't sound like it goes together i don't love that i don't, I don't love that, that. It sounds violent it does i'm like because the whole point of saying f-bomb is to not say exactly fuck. that's like full what? bomb i don't i don't know about that um <laughs> sorry so i listen i i think that with that situation it was like everyone got up in arms people were like yelling and angry at him and he was like look at how these words are holding us back and again i'm not saying for people who have not gotten past it but you know gays call each other fag we like have taken these words back and then a lot of straight people are like, well if you say it why can i say it honey you haven't been through anything if you go through some things and you're resilient and you rise above then you can start saying things like that you i don't like when people i, I don't like Jews when people been doing it forever they they have got go. the best comedians they they embrace everything. They they take the power away all the time. Yes. Some of my favorite yes. comedians. I, I love that. And, and you need to do that. And when I do a show, and like I did a show once, and the guy was like, Amir is next, the terrorist. And I was like, oh, honey, we're not doing that. So when I got up to the mic, I said, um, ladies, who drove here alone? And like, and then a bunch of people raised their hands. And I was like, when you're walking back to your car, that white straight guy over there, he's the most dangerous predator in the room. So I would watch out for him. The guy started crying. Don't come for me if I don't send for you because I will put you in your place. I will, I will take out the trash very quick because I, again, like I said, I don't need people. So again, a lot of people online, when they get bullied, they need people. They, they want to be liked. I don't care. I don't respond to hate mail. I don't respond when people want to kill me and slit my throat. I just let it be. And people are generally quite mortified. And a week later, they'll DM me and go, oh, like, so sorry for that. I just, you know, you, you can't change people's minds. If they've made their mind up, it's, it is what it is. So I would argue that you can. However, the, the caveat is it is not through any actions except for your own and yes. leading by example. The only way to affect change in a mind well that said. is you know, stagnant or a mind that has been placed in its own little box is to affect change because we're only the Amen. layers of experiences that, you know, create us over time. We're not Amen. anything else. So it, I, I always encourage, shake a hand of a stranger introduce mm -hmm. yourself in these situations. And I do see, you know, you had said that you felt you found yourself becoming the voice of, you know, transphobia and bashing mm -hmm. and body shaming and all those types of things. Right. And I would I would add to this being a voice for that uh, that type of change requires two voices. 
It requires one in the moment that may re- it may have to raise your voice. You may have to be passionate. You may have to tell, right? And right. we know those people. Those people right. are coming from a place that is very dark, very, very mm-hmm. dark. But then mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that are just outright ignorant. Yeah. And the outright ignorant, I caution people to take a different approach and use them as educational moments without confrontation and not in front of everybody else. So, and I think you'll, uh, you'll, you'll like this. And what made me come to this conclusion was comedy, stand-up comedy specifically, right? Because aside from hecklers or somebody that makes that dirty, you know, statement when you're walking out on stage, right? Minus that, you have a platform where everybody is sat down and they have donated you their mindful moment and you get to, through comedy, one of the best ways to bridge a divide because people's ears are open, they're listening. Very true. You can state facts. You know that 90% of the room believes what you're saying and they will get the joke. Mm-hmm. The 10% mm-hmm. in the room will be the offender. However, you didn't point at Right. So what do they get to do? They get to laugh with everybody without being accosted in public, right? And then they get to go home and maybe open that door for the person that they weren't opening the door for before because they're like... Here's to hoping. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, nobody's going to change by having, you know, being screamed at. No, it doesn't work. And and remember, I also always say this to people. I'm not saying you Just do that, by the way. I want to I be no. very clear. <laughs> there are moments where you need to. Of course. Hey, academics. Have you endured life's tragedies, trials, and tribulations? Did you adapt and overcome? Do you have advice for others to pay forward and want to be a guest? Then email us a brief two to three minute video to show at thetragedyacademy.com and tell us how our academics can learn and grow from these experiences. Thanks again for your support. And now back to class. I totally understand what you're saying, but I think it's really important to also understand just because I'm open and out does not mean I'm a monolith for queer people. I don't speak for everyone. But yeah, no, I think it's really important because a lot of people, you know, even I see it a lot because I interview a lot of Bravo TV people. And when they put like a black woman or an Asian woman on the show, they want them to be the mouthpiece for the entire community. And I think a lot of times people go, well, I don't know. I know other gay people that are not like you. Well, I'm not every gay person. So I just act the way I want to act. You should always just be you. Yeah, but that, but, but saying, but I understand what you're saying, but that's, you are more open. Mm. I think a lot of people don't see it that way. They see it as like, oh my God, okay, there's masculine gay men and there's feminine, there's nothing in between. So I think it's really important that people understand that, like, like you said, you're gay if you're gay. If you say you're gay, you're gay. It doesn't like matter what you're doing or what you're wearing. I, I had an ex who was so masculine. Everyone thought he was straight all the time. It doesn't really matter how you present. You're still gay at the end of the day. And that's, that's a choice and that's a you are saying it. That is you deciding that's who you are, right? And right. I mean, for a lot of people, it's like lifestyle and all these like words that are kind of trying to be demeaning. At the end of the day, if someone says they're gay, they're gay. Don't go around saying this person's gay, that person's straight. I don't know why people are so fascinated by it. It's really not that interesting, but maybe I, you know, it is I mean, I have this conversation a lot and my, my biggest hangup is I don't understand why we even need to dif- differentiate. I don't even understand why it even matters. Like, right. I, it's, it baffles me also. It's it's kind of sad because it, it's a requirement and it's also a hindrance at the same time. In right. order to get the respect and the acknowledgement that is required as a, you know, a community or as a subsection of a group, you have to subsect yourself. 
You have exactly. to put yourself into a smaller bucket to be seen as part of the bigger bucket. And it makes mm -hmm. it very hard. It's a difficult conundrum. You know, we need to kind of approach it with a lot more openness to just uh, who cares who anybody is. You know? Well, I mean, straight people do. They do, the, don't the, they? The thing is that they no, really do No, no, I'm not saying care. they should. They yeah. shouldn't or who's doing it. I'm saying I wish people really just do. didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, if I waited around wishing, I don't think anything would get done because I, I'm all in factuality. For me, straight people require us to come out. They love coming out stories. They love the tears. They love the emotion. <laughs> it's not like, it's very traumatic. It's like, it's a second birth. And I think that's the reason a lot of queer people have issues is because there's a lot of mental health issues that come 100%. out of having to come out, having to go tell people and have people react. And whether they cry or don't accept you or say the wrong thing, it doesn't really matter. It's that you have to keep doing it. Whereas like straight people are exempt. Like in that movie, Love, Simon, the straight people had to come out. And it was really funny to see like the other side of it where like, mom, I'm straight. And like, you know, the parents are crying, whatever. Like, I thought that was so interesting because it's like, why do we have, why is the onus on us to always have to be authentic. Like there's this idea, like when I was in the closet, I had friends be like, it's time, it's time, it's time. I'm like, stop getting off on my coming out story. That's a real thing. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I can see how that would exist very easily, mm -hmm. actually, mm -hmm. because your coming out is somebody's recognition of their own inability to go after or live whatever authentic life that they want to. It's transference. And exactly. You see, exactly. you do it because they can't do it themselves, right? Amen. It mm -hmm. happens every single time. It's mm -hmm. it's why we bully. We bully because you know we do. We can't be ourselves, or we have to hold somebody else down. I say it all the time, man. Poor white trash America will do anything and everything to. It's kind of like the uh, you know the racism piece, right? Yeah. I don't. I don't call people. I mean, in fact, I'm going to take that off the table. I'm not going to say poor white trash America. I'm going to say okay. two different races in a in in a in water drowning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We always watch you know, like whenever you've watched like old Baywatch or whatever. When somebody's drowning and someone comes up to save them, they use the other person as like their own personal buoy. They don't give a shit. They yeah. panic. They push them yeah. under the water. I mm -hmm. feel like that is the panic for the lowest rung that everybody thinks that everybody else is the lowest rung and they panic and they have to push somebody else under, not for any other reason, but to keep themselves afloat. Mm -hmm. And they do it constantly. It just, I don't know, that's how I kind of envision it is I see that it's a jockeying position. If one gives up any kind of, you know, ground to the other, then they lose something themselves, which is not the case. There's nothing to lose to begin with. Right, That's what right. people don't understand. There really is, and I'm not saying that there's nothing to lose emotionally and all these types of things. When I say stuff like that, I speak a lot more existentially. I mean mm -hmm. that these are non-tangible items and every feeling that we have are, is a choice, no matter okay. what. And that's why I was advocating earlier for the mental health um, work with LGBTQ, you know, with that community, because yes, yes. living a life that is inauthentic for a, when I say inauthentic, I'm not saying that you're required to be authentic and I'm not and something like that. When I say mm -hmm. inauthenticity, I mean societal cage placed on child and these are the conformities that you must live within. That structure. Right. When you're well in said. that, yeah, when you're in that structure, you know, you you operate from a defensive position. Mm -hmm. Every single one of those tiles in that structure are a fear, a judgment, mm -hmm. 
There's something that a trigger from when you were a child or the first person that called you out for something, whatever it is, it's the reason why I wear a different type of shirt or dark clothes. Somebody has become fat, you know, or this type of shirt because it's got, you know, something on the front of it. So you can't see that I have this. I stand this way in pictures. These are all those things, but they, you know, for everybody else, but I can't imagine I'm not day, but I can only imagine I have lived with body dysmorphia. I have, I have been called every LGBTQ slur in the book, um, for my own body dysmorphia, um, Mm -hmm. as a child. And it, it, Mm -hmm. it, it leads you to so many different positions where you question whether or not you should exist or why this is, or, you know, how do I avoid the judgment when I meet somebody? Did they, mm-hmm. he talks about this one. Did they like me after I left? Did they actually love me when I was being this person? I don't mm-hmm. feel like I told them the truth because I wasn't telling myself the truth. All right. sorts of wild things that run through the head and all need to be addressed. And, and this is the thing. It's not just that community. It's not mm-hmm. just, it is everybody because we're all wearing a mask. We're all acting this way for mm-hmm. for reasons unknown. We can uh, mm-hmm. again another show another time, but <laughs> it really is. It's it's a mask that we wear to protect ourselves from the surroundings of what's hurt us in the past, and we need help. We need guidance in how to remove that mask because if you do it on you know on your own, you remember those old masks in the eighties with the rubber band that went around the oh, back yeah. and it, like it would suffocate you. If you try Mm -hmm. to take off your own mask, you're going to pull it out and it's going to snap back and hit you in the face every single time. Yep, that's true. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) So I don't know, that's that's my two cents about how, you know, for me, I'm not, you know, I can't relate in certain areas, but the ones that I do relate in, I, my heart goes out to anybody that feels trapped in themselves without the ability to understand or get the chance to be who right. they really are. Right. Because that's, right. we're talking about everything before the celebration and not the celebration of coming out. That's stupid. It's the celebration of understanding who you really are. Exactly. Who you were meant to be. How, exactly. How, who you're going to attract into your life now that you're not right. being somebody that you don't have to be. Exactly. It's a different exactly. world. And, you know, and I think with the queer experience, I I heard a quote that I I think really relates is that the queer experience is anger. Like anger is essentially sadness that has nowhere to go, right? So you can't process your feelings. You're not allowed to. When you are a kid, it's like if you play with a doll, I have friends even now that are like, oh, my son's playing with a doll. I'm like, so what? Like, but but, but this masculinity. (laughs) Is he being quiet? Who cares then? That's what I'm saying. Like, is the child not causing a problem? Who cares what they're playing with? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But I think that it's funny because a lot of times we talk about toxic masculinity that we always think it's a dad that's telling the son. But a lot of times, actually, it's a mom. It's a toxic femininity. Women are uncomfortable with effeminate men. The reason they kind of like use gay men as accessories, gay best friend, is because they're putting us down. It's an effeminate, like effeminate men make women generally uncomfortable because we're better at their idea is that I'm bringing the femininity. And when we do it better, like when I get the nastiest, better than them. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. I, the nastiest messages I get from women are generally about what I'm wearing. And I'm like, is it just because I look better in it? 
But that's the thing. It's like these kind of things, like people don't talk about toxic femininity at all. And these topics are really important to kind of understand why we're having men feel uncomfortable about being effeminate. Because there's a lot of straight men that I know that are very flamboyant, who are effeminate. They are with a woman. So stop saying, oh, is your husband gay? Why? Because he likes fashion? Like, it's so stupid. That kind of stuff really bothers me. I like that we're evolving beyond the way that we refer to people in the LGBT community. I think Asians are finally getting a uh, a helping hand. My God, they've been really, uh, they've been pushed on oh, God. treated yeah. like that. I like that, um, you know, that there's progression. I like that right. we're moving in that direction. I like that you brought up earlier that Generation Z and even beyond that, I do think that um, I think we're evolving. I think we're evolving as a species, not just societally. I think we're evolving as a species, you know, and stronger lineages and, and things always dominate over time. We've, we, right. we see it. And if being symbiotic and being one as a entity, a human entity, it requires you to be open to all people. And I think that that is what we're seeing play out over time, that we're seeing that ironing out of those divides and putting us back to, which is funny enough, the same damn spot we all came from. We were all in one spot before, and I think we're ironing ourselves back out. I think we're getting back to all being one again. I think that uh, I, there's a lot of confusion in it. I mean, we see it. The younger generation, older generation, people don't know oh, yeah. who they are. People don't know what they are. People don't know. And that's not, that's, that's business. That's, you know, career. That's, you know, relationships, familial relationships. People are walking around. They're, they're snapping out of the haze, you know, and they're kind of seeing that a lot of this stuff has been forced upon us unintentionally, intentionally, part of a, you know, whatever it might be. But these structures are crumbling around us and it's voices like yours. It's change that's being affected. It's leading by example. It's making sure that the mental health is priority throughout the entire process because if we don't protect people coming through these situations or living life, then they're not going to be, we're no good to anybody else if we're not good to ourselves. Exactly. Simple Absolutely. as that. Simple as that. So we have to allow people to be able to, this is going to sound shitty. I want people to be able to take the insult. The only reason why I say that is mm -hmm. because that means that they love themselves to a degree that it doesn't matter. Right. Right. It shouldn't matter what people think. And it what really happens shouldn't. when something doesn't matter? It goes away. It fades it doesn't away. Really, I mean, it's not going to go away. I don't agree with that. I don't think it goes no, not away. Not in its but I think entirety. That, but it, it course, loses but it its doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect you. Yes. Like, I was in San Francisco talking to my sister, and a guy walked by and said, tag. And I was like, yep. And just kept talking. And she was did you hear him? And I was like, yeah, but I don't. I don't give energy to things that I don't need to give energy to. Like, it's a fact. So I'm like, what, what am I going to argue with? Oh, no, I'm not. You should be nicer. I don't spend time with strangers trying to figure them out. I'm like, see ya. Like, if a friend says that, I'll correct them. But I don't feel the need to correct strangers. I was like, I'm good. No, that's a pick and choose. That's a right. time and a place. Right. That's... That's the other one. We mentioned the time where you need to stand your ground, the time where you need to educate, and then there's the time where you have to, and this comes with time, wisdom, and struggle, in that sure. you know there are certain people that you will not change. And we'll waste our time in the beginning. We'll waste our time. We will stand on everything and scream and pump our fist and do everything we can until we realize we're talking to a fucking stump. It's not their time. 
It's not that they won't change. You can never say, because the only thing permanent in life is change. It's not that people won't change. It's that they haven't had the experience that predicates it. Right. Simple as that. It's true. Once mm -hmm. you can you can only see something once for the first time. True. Absolutely. I just hope that, you know, I, I like to see when people lead by example, um, because that is truly how we're going to get to where we need to be. I really do think that. And I appreciate you for that. Thank um, you. And just for being you, not for coming out. <laughs> for for being you and and trying to affect change and i i like to uh ask periodically um, if you were to be able to talk to amir right when he was in the throes of the worst time knowing what you know now what mm -hmm. what advice would you give um, I think like wait it out, you know, I think it, I think it's really important that you don't live in the future. Cause I was like, oh, one day it'll happen. And, and like, I think sometimes that can be very traumatizing for a lot of us. Cause I think living in the future just means you have anxiety because it's not coming fast enough. Yep. So I think, you know, for me, I, what I've realized, which is really great, is that my experience has made me more empathetic. And it's actually ironically made me a better Muslim, which a lot of people are like, what do you mean? You're going to hell, blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is that in my heart, I believe that I've become a better Muslim because I'm aware of people's needs. I have seen people rush to pray or rush to break their fast and ignore people that need help, right? So I don't do that anymore. I'm not so focused on the spiritual. I'm more focused on the spiritual rather than like the activities of the religion. So that's been a huge shift. So I think it's ironically made me a better Muslim, which I think that back then being so religious and kind of feeling like ripped between my sexuality and my religion, it's, I was like, I'm going to hell. But now I'm realizing that made me a better Muslim. It's, it's like, I would have never thought that. Well, it's amazing what happens when you simplify the tenets of the major religions and you simplify how you utilize them as a moral compass. You exactly. Can, you can see that, hey, I mean, they were all pretty much saying the same damn thing in just different, different cultures, different seasonings, you know, but they were still saying, be kind to one another. Don't judge yeah. one another. Treat everybody right. as you want to be treated. And it's, right. it's funny how when you do that, when you, I mean, seriously treat somebody like you want to be treated, they will never treat you like shit back. Mm -mm. If you're mm -mm. doing it from that position, right? It's Agreed. weird how that works. Mm -hmm. you, you're not going to get some, unless they're angry and trying to punch you in the right. face or something stupid like that. Right. But right. those tidbits are all correct. Mm -hmm. They're all, yeah. and, and I can see why simplifying that gave you the clarity. It takes away the social distortion that's, you know, around religion or the, right. the historical inaccuracies or the fallacies inside the books where that are canonized in certain religions and things like that. I, exactly. you know what? I don't need a version of a book. Don't give me King whoever's. I don't want it because <laughs> I don't know him. I, we can't even play the telephone game in a small room in elementary school where we right. pass, a you know, three words around the room correctly, <laughs> let alone, you know, exactly. the entire scripture. Um, exactly. So I, I just think that, um, yeah, I think that you're, you're affecting really good change. I think Thank that you. you're setting a great example. And I appreciate you. I really, really do. I see Thank you. you. And I love the fact that you uh, you shortened your last name too. That just <laughs> that 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 just. Uh. 
punch it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, you know, it came out of like, you know, my dad being like, don't use our last name and, and make us look bad and talk. So I, I, for me, it was like taking ownership of my name and being authentic to what my experience is. And I am more Amir Yas than I am Amir Yasai. So I think that that, and that's a part of who I am. And it's, I think with confidence as well, it's an alter ego. If you see my TikTok personality versus here, a lot of people are quite disappointed when they meet me in real life. Um, because I'm not as aggressive, or that's a persona. That's yeah, an alter. No, I get it. So, I yeah. get it. Yeah. There, you when you when you interact with people, and there's certain drivers behind everything that you have to accomplish when you're sitting in front of social media, and you right. have to pick and choose how you represent yourself for the simple fact that it's unfortunately there are strings behind the curtain that force certain ways, certain types of action that people don't see. Well, I understand. Um, It's amazing once you get into this, uh, you know, this area, you start to see the all the curtain. You get to see that there's all sorts of. You mean this is it? This is what? This is what I was seeing. This is what I was deifying. This is what I was, you know. And the fact of the matter is, though, I'm going to go back to the star real quick, right? Because you are a star. Thank you. We're we're a star when we believe in ourselves, and I think that. you're shining, you're a shining example for all the other people out there, um, giving them, you're empowering them. You're empowering them to take steps to become a better human, mm-hmm. not a better race, not a better gender specification or anything like that. A better human, right? right? You're standing mm-hmm. up and you're representing better humans. And, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's always been my goal. I mean, I think that you just don't be an asshole. It's not that it's not rocket science. It's, my mantra. it's really not rocket science. It's not rocket science. People are like, well, what do you want me to do? I, there's so many genders to learn. There's so many pronouns. You don't have to learn anything. You can choose to be ignorant and an asshole. You don't have, listen, you don't have to be kind. You don't have to learn people's pronouns. You can treat people like shit. You can call people fat and tell me to kill myself. You can do all those things. But you, at the end of the day, if you want to be better, then you'll be better. You know what, though? Eventually, you get stuck at the kids' table if you keep acting like an asshole. Exactly. If, exactly. if, you, if everybody else becomes adults and you keep acting like a kid, you're going to mm-hmm. be eaten with only kids. That's going to be a shitty exactly. table to eat at. Nobody wants fucking chicken nuggets every fucking meal. They want exactly. something. Well, I don't know. Chicken nuggets. Maybe. Yeah, that That's sounds a, good, yeah. but not, not every meal. <laughs> Maybe Thanks not every so meal. much, Amir. Um, I want everybody to be able to find you. So that was Amir Yas. That's Y-A-S-S official. And that's yes. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and the Take On podcast. You want to give a uh, plug for what you do on that podcast real quick before we roll out here? Absolutely. And I also teach confidence and uh, Instagram, TikTok masterclasses. So you can DM me on Instagram for that as well. Um, yeah, the take on, we talk about like, you know, all different types of topics from race to religion to sexuality with a lot of Bravo people. So Royal Housewives, Below Deck, um, we have some drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. So it's fun. It's a fun little show. We take it on, but we also have a good time. So I love it. I love it. It just keep affecting change. All right, Thank everybody. You. Remember, be cool and keep learning. Hey, academics. Thanks again for attending another class at the Tragedy Academy. You can show us some love by subscribing, downloading, and rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or ask Amazon Alexa to play the Tragedy Academy podcast. You can find links to all major podcast platforms and past episodes at thetragedyacademy.com. You can find us on all the majors of social media on Instagram at the Tragedy Academy 2019 on TikTok at The Tragedy Academy and on Twitter at 
tragedy underscore academy where we'll post our clips of upcoming shows updated info and thoughts if you'd like to be a guest send an email to show at thetragedyacademy.com keep an eye out on instagram for tragedy academy giveaways thanks again for coming to class and remember be cool keep learning What's up, academics? This is Jay. I'm here to talk to you about Into the AM. This is a clothing and apparel company that I came across last year that has the absolute coolest designs. And the reason why I was attracted to it is because I grew up without a lot of money, like many others, and had to shop on that outlet rack with the irregular items. Things like the fly was over four inches to the left, or the right sleeve would be twice the size of the left. It looked like I was growing horizontally. Like, it's okay, honey, you'll grow into your left arm. So you really don't get a chance to express yourself the way that you want to. You go into life, you start putting on suits, you start putting on uniforms, and you realize you'd never had a chance to truly express yourself. Enter into the AM, a team of artists and creators who share a common vision. They see clothing as a canvas to express what drives you. Since 2012, They've developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. Into the AM's passion for change is the driving force behind their brand. They remain committed to creating products that inspire and promote self-expression by partnering with like-minded organizations focused on giving back to communities in need. Last year, they donated 1% of all revenue from their graphic tees collection to the Art of Elysium charity. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social change. For over 24 years, the Art of Elysium has paired volunteer artists with communities to support individuals in the midst of difficult emotional life changes. They currently offer 110 community programs per month, serving over 30,000 individuals per year. The only permanent thing in life is change. Supporting charities dedicated to helping those going through these changes, trials, and tribulations require a never-ending commitment. The onus is on us as creators to affect change through our true, authentic talents. And Into the AM is the model of how this is done. Their clothes are handcrafted with care. They have a team of skilled artisans that craft each garment with the highest quality fabrics and eco-friendly inks. Not to mention, these things don't shrink, they don't fade, and they fit as if they were designed supernaturally. I'm stopped every time I wear one of the graphic tees to find out where I got it. The colors attract attention from miles, and the art is nothing short of spectacular, with designs for everyone. One of my personal favorites, Twilight Midden. Go take a look. Into the AM does all of this while putting their money where their mouth is. 30-day money-back guarantee, lightning-fast shipping, and hassle-free returns. The deals are endless. Graphic tee bundles, discount promo codes. Get over there. Check it out. I'm highlighting the tees. But I'd be remiss to not mention that if you want to walk around in the absolute most comfortable shorts, joggers, and basic tees, hit up into the end. I even wear the basics to the gym. Head on over to thetragedyacademy.com, go to our sponsors tab, and follow the affiliate link to the Into the AM store. Help support Into the AM and the Tragedy Academy by purchasing the absolute best apparel and the best designs ever. And remember, academics, be cool and keep learning.